0: Jesus stood among them and said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe.
1: And Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. I'm Kara Cardell.
0: And I'm Fred Schellebarger. And you're listening to My Lord and My God, Encountering Christ in the Eucharist.
1: Welcome everyone to a brand new show uh, called My Lord and My God. And this show is going to be centered around the Eucharist, and we'll get into that a little bit more. But before we do that, um, for those that may not know who we are, my name is Kara Cardell.
0: And I'm Fred Shellabarger.
1: And um, we'll share a little bit about ourselves, and then we'll kind of dive into what you can expect for this year-long series. That's how long Mm -hmm. our My Lord and My God show is going to be. But um, we'll kind of introduce ourselves a little bit for anyone listening who might not know who we are. Fred, do you want to go first? Yes.
0: So, Fred Schelleberger, as I said, I am a husband, father. I am a convert to the Catholic faith, actually, uh, after living a life of being a heathen and radical conversion, preparing to be a Protestant pastor, and then discovered this is my body, this is my blood, those words of Jesus, and how quickly and how early the church believed those words, and it had an incredible impact on my own life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I came from a church where you would see people doing somersaults in the aisle mm-hmm. and things like that. It was a Pentecostal church, and I never did that, Kara. If, if you... If you saw me doing that the buildings on fire run for your Mm -hmm. life we're all in danger but when i received christ in the eucharist as a catholic coming into the church i felt like i needed to do that Mm -hmm. you know i was just filled with so much joy and excitement so uh that's really long story short but we're going to have episodes dedicated to that anyway yeah um I'm also, you know, I've been married. I have six kids. Mm -hmm. I've served the church in various ways for 15 years now.
1: How long have you and Crystal been married?
0: We've been married for, I knew you were going to the (laughs) (laughs) spot. 16 years. We got an early start. Um, Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, very cool. So, enough about me. Who is Kara Cardell?
1: (laughs) Um, So, I have been married to my husband, BJ, for um, almost six years. We got married on April Fool's Day um which is very fitting to us it's it was it was a fun time and we have three kids um, a 5-year-old a 3-year-old and a little baby Who little baby is
0: actually on the show with yeah, us she's a, she's
1: a silent silent guest <laughs> <laughs> hopefully hopefully silent guest um so yes wife mother and then um a very exciting new thing i think for both of us that yes. we can share um so Fred and i are best friends and we have a podcast together called draw near Mm -hmm. and because of that we were kind of asked to do this additional show for a year Mm -hmm. and it's called my lord and my god which we've talked about and it's going to be centered around the eucharist and so we're really excited about that and it's something you know we mentioned we do a podcast Draw Near, but we also have kind of branched out and into yeah our own little apostolate apostolate yeah. called yeah. draw near um so maybe we can talk a little bit about what that is in context of who we are and and why you should care about oh, what, we, sure. what we're going to yeah. talk about
0: yeah if you want to learn more about what draw near is a, a lot of that you can find on our website draw near dot me mm-hmm. easy to remember draw near me Draw near me. to me yeah mm-hmm. the, the me we're talking about is christ. christ obviously but also like we're big proponents of let's draw near to christ but also to one another. Right. Because a big part of how we encounter Christ is actually in one another. And it ties directly to the Eucharist also because mm-hmm. the Eucharist, not only are we drawing near to Christ, how much more near than you could, could you be than Christ being in you? Right. But it also makes us one with right. each other. Right. You know.
1: So it's kind of our goal with. Um, draw Near as a whole through the podcast, helping people to draw near to Christ, but also to draw near to one another in a community growing in faith, um, but also through other ways in our ministries. Through mm-hmm. speaking, we help parishes with their ministry growth mm-hmm. and what they want to do in their parish and renewing their parish and obviously with the helper, the divine helper and the Holy Spirit. It's not us coming in and doing anything magical. Um, but we are just here to kind of really help people form people. Um, and like you said, Fred, help people to draw near to yeah. the Lord. That's really as simple as we can make it. And then yeah. for, for more context, you know, yeah. go to the website. <laughs> right,
0: absolutely. We've been described as relationship relationshipy. relationship They invented a new word for yes, us. Yes, they, they invented a, a new word for us. But a lot of it is tied in that drawing near to Christ Mm -hmm. and to one another.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's kind of dive in. Um, This very first episode, uh, you haven't heard from us before on the Eucharist, and the entire series is going to be about the Eucharist all year. So you're going to hear an episode from Fred and I. Once a week for an entire year, all mm-hmm. about the Eucharist, and you might be thinking, "How are you going to talk about the <laughs> and, Eucharist yeah. for an entire year?" Yeah. But that's truly the wealth yes. of this mystery in the faith.
0: Absolutely, and we're going to have guests on. Yeah, yeah, and we'll have testimonies. We'll dive into certain aspects. Mm-hmm. Kara, I like you're very much a teacher, I love and it. I think <laughs> the whole thing like speaks to you as a teacher and the and that grace that God has given you because like you out you've outlined all this a lot, and yes, we are going to have guests on. But it's funny because you always wanted to do an episode of Draw Near Mm -hmm. on the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. And then we kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. Well, that's because one episode turned into an entire year. Yeah. So it's providential that we were asked to do that Mm because it had already been in your heart. Yeah. And something you were desiring to do. And the Lord provided the opportunity.
1: Yeah. So the reason that we were asked to do this and approached to talk about the Eucharist is because um, in the in the United States, the bishops have gotten together and decided to do what's called the Eucharistic Revival. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be going on for three years and each year kind of has a focus. Um, but the thread for every single year is growing closer to Christ. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just going to be Here's a bunch of information about the Eucharist. Yes, it's really Jesus. Here's how you know. And it's not all going to be just head information. Oh, now I know those things better. The real, at the heart of it, the real purpose of the Eucharistic revival is for us, each person, Mm -hmm. to grow more in love with God Mm -hmm. and to be in a deeper relationship with him. And how, how deeper of a relationship can you be with some in with someone for them to just enter
0: right. into your yeah. very yeah. body
1: in right. the Eucharist. And so yeah. it's a really beautiful opportunity to help all of us mm-hmm. to fall more in love with him by growing in our understanding and our love for Christ in the Eucharist. Yeah.
0: And over the course of this year, and especially over the course of the next few weeks, you'll you'll learn more about our own testimony with mm-hmm. the Eucharist. How has our encounter with Christ in the Eucharist changed our lives? Well, mm-hmm. we're going to share that with you. Yeah. Uh, the Eucharistic Revival that Kara mentioned, we'll also have Tim Glimkowski who mm-hmm. is one of the leaders of that effort. He's actually going to be on with us for a couple episodes. Like, What yeah. does this Eucharistic Revival mean? Mm-hmm. Why is it important? How can we help?
1: Right. If you're asking yourself, okay, well what is it? I'm like, I'm not going to answer that yeah, because there's there's somebody better who can explain it <laughs> yeah. than better than I can. But yeah, we're going to we're going to answer that question. How has your encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist changed your life? And you know, if that's something that you've never really thought about, maybe just pause for a moment and be like, how has my encounter with Jesus? Yeah. Have I encountered Jesus in the Eucharist? Has it changed my life? Um because it should.
0: It should, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That Kara, recently I, I was giving a presentation to some folks, and I asked that question, mm-hmm. how has your encounter with Christ in the Eucharist changed your life? And just like always when you ask that question, mm-hmm. it was very silent for a while. Yeah. And someone asked, well, we need people like you to tell us how it has. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of at the heart of what this show is too, is not us telling you yeah, because we, we can't. We
1: can't tell you how it's yeah. affected your life.
0: We can tell you catechetically theologically all the things Mm -hmm. like you know transubstantiation what does that mean sure Mm -hmm. we can tell you those things we can tell you what we believe as catholics but we can't give you an actual experience for yourself Mm -hmm. of encountering christ in the eucharist that's something you have to seek out on your own in prayer
1: and trust that God is going to give you that. We can't right. give you that, but God can give you that through right. his grace.
0: Just like St. Thomas.
1: Yes. So that's a good good transition there. So our title for the show is My Lord and My God. And those words come from the scripture passage of Thomas, the apostle, um, in the upper room after Jesus has has revealed himself. So this passage comes from John chapter 20 and it starts in verse 24. And I'm actually going to go ahead and read this passage because I think it's going to give context for the remainder of the discussion of kind of where this name came from and actually why it is so beautiful and can be so impactful to our faith. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. It says, Now Thomas, one of the 12 was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So, this is the passage where my Lord and my God comes from, Mm -hmm. from doubting Thomas. So, Fred and I, in preparation for this episode, we're like, Let's do Lexio with this passage Mm -hmm. and just share.
0: Let's root the show in the scripture itself.
1: Yes, in scripture itself, in the name, but also in kind of what what we want to share with all of you and what hopefully the Lord speaks to you. So we're going to kind of share what we contemplated with, Mm -hmm. with this scripture passage. So Fred, you have a very beautiful reflection from this. Would you mind sharing it? Well, there's
0: a number of things that stand out to me. I think first, how much it parallels the the passage before it, Mm -hmm. which um, it's John twenty nineteen through 23, Jesus, it's, it's after the resurrection, he comes to the apostles once again in a room mm-hmm. with the doors shut or locked for fear. Yeah. And then he comes, the first thing he says is peace, be still or peace. I am with you. And then he says, look at my wounds. Mm-hmm. And then he breathes the Holy spirit on them and they have, you know, that's goes on to be, where where we get confession from right. is from that passage. Right. And then it just makes a passing comment about Thomas wasn't with them. Thomas wasn't there, yeah. It mm-hmm. doesn't say Tom Thomas was obstinate in his doubt or Thomas was unbelieving. Mm-hmm. It just he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So we don't know why Thomas wasn't there. It could be he was the guy that had to go get their food that day. Yeah. yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it just says he wasn't there. What I find fascinating is how it parallels once again in the previous it's the first day of the week Mm -hmm. it's also the first day of the week when he comes for thomas Mm -hmm. same thing doors are shut for fear and what does jesus do first put your hands in my wounds Mm -hmm. you know yeah once again it starts with showing him the wounds Mm -hmm. and then that leads to my lord my god and i I think Mm -hmm. what you see in there is a bit of the holy spirit's role and helping us to recognize Jesus in the Eucharist. Right. Because y- you see that scripture says no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. Right. So I think you see a little bit of that. Perhaps Thomas was doubting. He wasn't there when the Lord breathed the Holy Spirit. Perhaps there is an element of that that life that the Holy Spirit breathes into us that makes a big difference and perhaps because he wasn't there he'd hadn't experienced that grace yet mm-hmm. i don't know
1: i don't think perhaps i think that's so true mm-hmm. and i think that was a grace in your in your lexio with this passage that that was what stood out to you that right. he wasn't there because we just said this like it's only through your willingness and the grace of the lord that your encounter with jesus in the eucharist changes your life right so you have to have that grace from him for it to make a difference. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's perhaps I think that's so, like it's so true. He right. wasn't there when he says, you know, he breathed on them says receive the holy spirit. Thomas wasn't there. Yeah. And yeah. so maybe they hadn't that additional grace where they could recognize him mm-hmm. and Thomas and have that strong faith and Thomas might not he right. wasn't there yet. He wasn't right. ready yet.
0: Yeah. And how many of us right. have had those experiences or maybe you're having that now where just not there yet. Mm-hmm. We I mean we can all relate to those kind of moments in our lives. Yeah. Kara, I also see in this this account an element of grace building on nature. Mm-hmm. Like Thomas in a way just like Peter, he was pretty bold. Mm-hmm. Like when when Jesus wants to visit Lazarus when he hears he's not doing well, the the apostles say, "No, you know, for fear." And and Thomas, "No, let's go die with him," you know? <laughs> and I think he's just as bold in his doubts. Mm-hmm. He's not af- yeah. not afraid to just be honest.
1: Yeah. That's how I see him too. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes Thomas gets like this bad rap doubting Thomas. And so he's known as the doubter. Like right. he's the apostle who doubted. And we, we give him this bad rap. But I actually feel like in this passage, how it how I read it is almost like the other apostles, they were doubting. Right. They were afraid. I mean, actually, in scripture it says, you know, they were still in the upper room eight days later, All and right. then Jesus With appears. With the to them. door shut and With, They were afraid, mm. and Jesus appears to them, and they were overjoyed. They were happy, but they still had questions. Right but they didn't tell him they had questions. Right. So it's almost like, you know, if you ever imagine being in a conversation with somebody and you're like, I wonder what they're thinking. Are they, like, are they <laughs> yeah. accepting what I'm saying? And like, they're not willing to share with you their right. honest thoughts. That's how the apostles were. And yet Thomas is the opposite. He right. is willing to share his honest thoughts. Yeah. I am struggling with this. I need to see him. I need to see his ways. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the thing we sometimes miss in that passage is Jesus gives him exactly what he, he does ask for. Yeah. At no point does he rebuke him for his doubt.
1: Yeah. He actually shows up in the room. Thomas didn't tell Jesus, I need to see your wounds. He, Jesus wasn't in the room. He shows right. up in the room and immediately, here's my hands. Here's my side. Right. He knew what he needed. Yeah.
0: yeah. He does say, blessed are those who see.
1: Yeah.
0: Or believe without seeing. Without seeing. But that's not a rebuke of Thomas. Mm-hmm. Another thing, Kara, that came to me as I was reflecting on this passage is Thomas doubt reminding me of the woman with the issue of blood. Mm -hmm. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar, that's the lady who, when Jesus was traveling on his way to perform another miracle, actually, uh, she she had been to many doctors, no one could help her. She'd been bleeding for years. And she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, Mm -hmm. she would be healed. I see a parallel in that. In some ways, I think Thomas is saying the same thing. Yeah. Only she's speaking from a place of faith, whereas Thomas is speaking more from doubt. But the desire they both have is the same. If you think about it, Thomas wasn't there. Perhaps Thomas was crushed by the death of his Lord. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, he says, let in boldness, let's go die with him. But he flees Mm -hmm. when the time actually comes. Maybe he was discouraged and feeling unworthy. Who knows? Maybe he had come to a place of sorrow and bitterness. That in some way he recognized the only way he could be healed mm-hmm. was to touch him that substantially.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he was right. Right. Actually, the Lord gave him that.
1: I like that connection with the, the hemorrhaging woman. And so I kind of want to repeat it because I feel like it, that's very beautiful and it's worth repeating. So you're saying that her words, if I could only touch his garment, is coming from a place of faith. Like I mm. know when I touch his garment, I will be healed. And Jesus actually even recognizes right. that your faith yeah. has saved you. Mm-hmm. So he's fine that he feels power flowing from him. It's because mm-hmm. her faith is what drew that out. And then Thomas, if I could only touch him, right. says the same thing. Yeah, I, but his he, is like, I c- I have to touch him to believe. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And he invites him to, come on, stick your finger here. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. and those, those two passages, the first visitation of Christ and breathing the Holy Spirit in the second. The only thing that's missing in the second account with Thomas is him breathing the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And yet scripture tells us no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. I actually think that act of him yeah. doing that very thing right. is how he touching re- the wounds. Yes. Is. And, Cara, and
1: then he receives the Holy Spirit through that. That's yeah, that's beautiful. isn't
0: that how we encounter the love of Christ most substantially Mm -hmm. is when we contemplate those wounds
1: yeah it is i think it's beautiful that he is willing to share his unbelief with his friends and that jesus knows his unbelief because Mm -hmm. how often do we hide yeah yeah. our unbelief i mean there have got to be things in this world or things in the faith or the eucharist itself where at times Mm -hmm. we have doubted but we're not going to tell anyone we've doubted. <laughs> right, yeah. But why? Like, can't right. we can't we honestly admit to people that, yeah, I've struggled with that. Yeah, yeah, it can be hard to believe that right. bread is God. But guess what? That's because we don't have to believe it on our own accord. It's grace and it's a miracle, yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. So being able to, no matter what it is in your life, being able to go to God and be like, hey, I. I don't believe this. I have doubt or I'm struggling with this in my life. Whatever it might be, it shows vulnerability like Thomas. Right. And when you show vulnerability, you're opening up your heart. Your right. heart is going from being hardened and closed off and he cannot penetrate it mm. to giving him just a little crack and now he can enter and speak into that. Right. Like, "Thank you for sharing that with me." Now, touch my wounds. Yeah.
0: What's more vulnerable? Than the manger, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like that's the reality of the incarnation in our messiness and our brokenness. Mm -hmm. That's how he comes. That's how he comes every Sunday, right? When we go to receive the Eucharist, right? We're just as broken, if we're honest, we're just as doubting, Mm -hmm. we're just as scared. And so, I think that's something more that, as I reflected on the scripture passages and what we're about to spend this year doing with the show, is I think just like those apostles, we're scared you know, we've got the door shut, we're hiding out, it's locked. You know, we're scared of seeming different. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're scared of being brave and and courageous and living our Catholic faith. Well, some of us, many of us are, I think if we're honest, we're, we're afraid of standing out. We're afraid of proclaiming what we believe. I think many of us are also afraid of believing Mm -hmm. because that believing requires something of us. Vulnerability. Yes. Letting
1: go of our own Our own wit. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
0: And I think, too, we're afraid of admitting that we doubt Mm -hmm, like Thomas. We are. I think we see a lesson in that and that no matter how hard we try to shut that door and lock it, Mm -hmm. Jesus still comes. Yeah. Like he just appears. Yeah. There's no physical way into that room, but he's there. I mentioned that his wounds are where we encounter his love, and, and and in both those parallel accounts, notice that that's the first thing he does is show us the wounds, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is where we see what great love the Father has for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He was pierced, for, as Scripture says, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us peace. Notice that's the first thing he promises mm-hmm. the apostles in that room is peace. That was upon him and by his stripes scripture says we are healed it's there that we encounter his love Mm -hmm. in his wounds and Kara, that's the mass
1: i was just thinking that (laughs) i was like how we sit in a pew and stare at a cross his wound his death right and that's like this image of love right and that's how we know his love is by him showing us his wounds
0: And, and Kara, when the priest holds up the host Right before we go up to receive Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity Mm -hmm. in us, the hope of glory dwelling within us, what does he say? My Lord and my God. Mm -hmm. So Thomas's words are forever immortalized in how we worship.
1: Right. I think it's through that grace too in scripture of receiving that opportunity to touch his wounds that he is able to proclaim that. He's able to recognize it is you, my Lord and my God. And so through his vulnerability, he was then invited into the wounds of Christ. So that's really what this episode or what this series is going to be. It's not about, you know, so many people doubt that the Eucharist is real. It's not about we need to educate people on the Eucharist. That's not what it is. It's about recognizing Christ's love through his sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And that sacrifice comes to us every single day when we get to celebrate the mass and proclaim my Lord and my God, recognizing who it is we are receiving.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One last thing that kind of stood out to me in this is being locked in that room with the door shut Mm -hmm. and thinking about my life, my testimony. And I think if, if anyone listening, spends some time reflecting on this, they'll, they'll probably see it's true for them as well. That was me. Mm -hmm. Like I was that room you know closed off closed off and then the Lord comes in shows me those wounds see what love I have for you and then breathes the Holy Spirit into me and what do I proclaim it's the reason you're hearing my voice now it's the reason I'm sitting here with Kara now my Lord and my God